I think it's all about authenticity. You know, I think it's really, really important that, you know, these brands aren't just being performative. When shit hits the fan, it's really, really, really easy to just like put out a statement and be like, we're sorry. I think it's important to be like, okay, we're going to apologize or whatever. But like, what actions are you taking to make sure this doesn't happen again? Welcome back to How He Does It, Season 2, Episode 6. On today's episode, we have Anthony Demetrius, H&M's fashion and celebrity publicist. In this episode, we dive in on Anthony's upbringing, the necessity of the PR industry itself, and the qualifications needed to maintain a successful career trajectory. There's so much that we uncover, from how clients measure success, to the future of virtual events and more. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us here at How He Does It. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Great. I'm doing great. Yeah. Yeah. The last few months have been great. The city is recovering. It's a good time to be alive. Mm -hmm. Kind of feels like summer some days, but not really. Sure. Like today. (laughs) (laughs) It's all a joke. you say sure, what are you feeling? (laughs) I mean, I guess I can't complain. But also you're from Florida, so... Not quite. I okay. grew up in Queens. Mm-hmm. Did you? Yes, what I did. Rosedale. I have no idea where that I is. I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I know Astoria and Long Island City, and that's it. That is pretty much mm-hmm. what everyone knows about Queens that is not from Queens. Yeah. Rosedale is all the way out east where it almost begins Long Island. Okay. And you grew up there? Until I was 14, and then that's when we moved to Florida. Gotcha. Wow. But your parents are not from Queens, are they? No, I'm Jamaican. Yeah, that's what I thought. First generation. How did you end up in Queens? My parents? Your parents, yeah. They came from the motherland. (laughs) (laughs) What were they doing for work? Like, did they move because of work or? My mom came when she was a teenager. So she went to high school in Queens. I see. The 50 Cent fun fact. Oh, no way. Yes, she did. What was that like? She pretends like she didn't go to high school with him she won't talk about it really <laughs> okay i wonder why <laughs> besides the point <laughs> um my dad came when he was in his 20s and just for work <laughs> figuring okay. it out and they oh met in queens sorry they met in queens yeah oh wow cute yeah. really cute so what took you guys to florida um my parents wanted my parents built their dream house wow <laughs> and that's really what it was so. and what brought you back to new york work i wanted to go to nyu um so it was nyu and then i stayed because of work because i wanted to work in fashion <laughs> <laughs> did you know what you wanted to do in fashion at the time no. No, no no okay so what were you studying what I started out studying at NYU, mm-hmm. I was pre-med. Okay, wow. Pre- <laughs> wow, same. Because, you know, when you're an immigrant, <laughs> when you're an immigrant child, you can only become a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. Right. That's Correct. it. There's there's no one, there's, you can't do anything else. So my parents were like, if we're going to send you to a $60,000 school, school yeah. you better come out making money. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I, I started as pre-med. I thought I was going to become a psychiatrist. And I was, I was into it. I mean, I, I like psychology. And I did a few, like, peer counseling type stuff when I was in high school. And uh, when I got first semester, I was like, this isn't working out. I'm about to flunk out. <laughs> and then that summer, I also did an internship at 
in a psychiatric ward and interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> i have stories from that summer that is probably not appropriate for me to say in this room right on a different <laughs> podcast <Sure>. yeah <laughs> sorry mm-hmm. on a different podcast the next podcast on, on a different podcast yeah <laughs> it's horrific and i was like i can't do this shit i can curse right yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> um and I, I i was like to my parents i was like i want to switch my major I want to do fashion. I don't really know what I want to do in fashion. Um, and uh, my parents were like, no, <laughs> then you're going to have to transfer and go to a, a state mm. school in Florida. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, no, because I need to be in New York if I want to work in fashion. Like, yes. what the fuck am I going to do in, like, Gainesville, Florida? <laughs> um, I made a PowerPoint presentation, actually. <laughs> I had to do that, too. <laughs> Not even kidding. For your parents. Yeah. For my parents okay. to be like, this is why. <laughs> They were like, prove prove us wrong. And I am still trying to prove them wrong. Really? Oh, yeah. They don't understand what I do. Do yeah. you think they'll ever get it? Um, I think when I'm making like half a million dollars at least, then <laughs> yeah. they will. Oh, my gosh. Totally relatable. I feel like it's the same for my parents as well, where I think my mom understands what I do, but my dad doesn't necessarily. He thinks it's uh-huh. one thing, but it's another but he's just happy that i'm making money and i can sustain myself like right. that's enough for i him. i think we're finally at the point where they're like okay you're making money and and you can sustain yourself but but they're like you should have been a doctor yeah i think still. my still feel the same too which makes sense because like the world is so difficult and i feel like it's taking so long for the creative industry to be embraced yeah. as a viable career mm-hmm. we're working towards it but it's still ongoing if i were a parent i think i would sort of think along the same lines too because there's the passion and there's like well if you're gonna graduate and be in the real world you have to survive and it's really yeah. scary so yeah mm-hmm. makes sense and especially since i'm a publicist and like no one understands what, what a publicist does so. we're here really? to understand it <laughs> I mean, I explain it to me what i do all day sometimes before, before <laughs> we go into that though because we want to go back to um you stating that you wanted to work in fashion was there anything about the fashion industry that attracted you to want to work in it and also if anyone is wondering what the noise is in the background we have a lovely puppy here by the name of aj my son son. let's go back to when you first decided that you were going to transition (laughs) into the industry i was thinking this because i was doing a panel sometime last year and someone brought up a question about imposter syndrome and i genuinely was so confused because i'm like what does that mean and they were trying to explain it to me and essentially it's when you are in a space where you don't feel like you belong Belong, there and I was trying to figure it out because usually if you're hired to do a job you have the resume to back it up so I don't get what the imposter syndrome nest is Mm -hmm. about but transitioning into public relations did you ever feel that I feel it every day. <laughs> Interesting. Why? Because you're. 10 but I feel years like in. that's just my own like insecurities that I'm dealing with on my like personally. But what do you feel that about? Especially since you've been in it for ten years. Um, I don't know. I because I I still I know my shit. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I know, I know my shit. Mm-hmm. But. I I I don't, I'm not like a vice president or like senior VP or anything like that. I, you know, I still think there's still a lot for me to learn. I also think, which I also think is a good thing. I think that's how you remain humble. Right. Very um, true. <laughs> well, yeah. I feel like the people that think that they max out on their learnings and their experience are the ones that kind of get phased out of the industry, especially as the industry changes. Um, but 
I don't know. You're always going to like be in these spaces where you meet people that are better than you. Well, seemingly better than you. Mm-hmm. Not that they are better than you. Mm-hmm. Um, or that have more experience or better experience or something like or making more money or something like that. So that can kind of like make you feel like an imposter in a sense where like do i belong here but you know what i go home and i'm like yes i fucking do yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> speaking I, of the i allow myself to feel like an, apo- an imposter for five seconds and i go back to to feeling like the bad bitch that i know that yes I have. absolutely absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> is that just something that you have to tell yourself of like i am that bad bitch or is it do you have certain things that you do breathing <laughs> like, like what is existing because <laughs> i think that that question is something that we can all i don't relate need to, to. But i i what uh, imposter syndrome yeah i mean not uig i was just gonna say the I feel like never, <laughs> you, do you never feel like i've an imposter? never felt this ever oh. ever which is why it was very confusing to yeah. me when the question was asked and i think the other two people on the panel with me were very confused they're like who so, is he but so he wasn't even trying to be confident 100 like, of the time all the time i don't even mean typically to, like I within my to, job i don't space. need to spin this on you <laughs> but let's spin like, it on him but i feel like mm-hmm. we need to unpack this a little bit yeah i mean it's just i feel like if i'm in a space where i put my usually like if i want to work in a space like i probably am already so well versed in it that i feel like i have the talent to execute so um, no, it's rare that I feel. Wow. I, I'm not sure that I've ever wow. felt it. I've so, been nervous about projects, but right. I've never felt like I wasn't. I was in a place where I shouldn't have been. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Which, Luxury. That's. Nice. I was just about Must to say. Nice. Wow. I was just about to say. I wish that was that has been my experience. Mm-hmm. But you know, I definitely go through moments where I feel that you know I might not be good enough. Uh, you know, I, I, I and uh, yeah. <laughs> I, well, yeah. that also comes from, I think, sometimes like challenges at work, right? So what kind of challenges are you facing on your day-to-day within your industry? I think one of the biggest challenges at work sometimes is, you know, I have, I've always worked for European brands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there can be a disconnect between um, like the Europeans and and the Americans in terms of like wants and 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 needs and and strategy and like priorities and and culture, you know. They're just it's just it, I sometimes I feel like I will spend half my day educating the Europeans, um, and, and that can be challenging. <laughs> I see. Interesting. As far as they're more lax and have more of a relaxed culture, where. For you, you're trying to get things. Country you're talking about. Okay, I've done Sweden, I've done Italy, I've <laughs> oh, done wow. France, I've done the UK. <laughs> They're all different. They're all different. But I, but you know, I think there's always like some sort of like educational thing that you have to go through with, with them. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of the time I talk to you, and I think we talk about work-life balance a lot. But mm-hmm. you're always very busy. I feel, but. I'm also very busy, but I think I wear it on my face a lot of the time and people know. And with you, I feel like you're always one of those people who tells me it's okay. Like at the end of the day. Oh, I don't get, get stressed done. about anything though. Yeah, which is interesting. <laughs> wow. So, talk to me about how you don't get stressed about anything. One, I'm, just reading, one, I, good one I'm a publicist. It's PR, not ER. I'm not, I don't work in the right. emergency room. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. Mm, even perspective. That's what my parents wanted me to do. I'm not curing cancer. I am trying you I'm trying to get people to buy things that they don't need <laughs> or mm, they need because yeah. it makes them feel happy mm-hmm. but uh, but at the end of the day uh, 
come on. <laughs> it's I'm, I'm not curing cancer. Um, so I, I, I always try to remember that. My job is incredibly important, mm-hmm. but I think it's really good to have that perspective. Yeah. Um, and two, if there's a problem, there is always a solution. Mm. I'm very, very, very rarely am I in a situation where there's a problem and I'm like, this can't be fixed. Mm. This can't be fixed. There's always a solution. It might not be what you originally thought it would be, but everything always ends up being fine. Yeah, but yeah. in an industry where a lot of things are determined, I think by time, are there any times that you're running behind where you feel like something might not work out? Um, and if you do, what are ways that you deal with that? I'm sorry, what was your question? So I think that your industry is based off of time a lot of the time. You know what I mean? When can you do this? We're going to do this on this date. And it's all about dates, right? So mm-hmm. say that you've been given a project and you are running far behind and you say you don't get stressed, but say a situation like that is happening. How do you deal with collecting yourself? I meditate a lot. Mm-hmm. I meditate a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I, if like, I know if, if I'm on a really, really tight deadline, and I know it's going to be like a long day or like a long night or some or something. I really, really, really try to at least take that five minutes to just like take a minute or like go for a walk or whatever and then come back and dive right back in. That's huge. Um, so, yeah. That's so important. I, f- I do feel like especially or I've seen in our space that people feel like taking five minutes, the world's going to fall apart. And it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Take the five minutes so that yeah. you can approach your work better. It, um, it doesn't. The work, the mess is still going to be there when you get back, but you're better prepared to handle it now. Like even today, I got off a call and I was a, and I was a little bit perturbed. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to take 10 minutes. Mm. I was like, I'm going to take a shower because <laughs> I'm always the most relaxed in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Same, isn't everyone? I feel. Yeah, it sucks when you're not relaxed in the shower. Usually you have somewhere to be and you're running late, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So I got off the phone. I was like, I'm just going to take a shower. And then. Because I, I, was, I was kind of annoyed. And then I came back and I was like, all right, I'm ready to, to deal with this in, in the best way that I see fit. And now I feel fine. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the best way to ask this question. But how does public relations make money? Because I feel like you work for a brand like H&M so they can pay you to do your job, right? Mm-hmm. But if I said that I was going to go ahead and start my own PR firm, which I have a lot of friends who are trying to do right now. Everyone is trying to, to start there. It's not mm-hmm. easy at all. I'm also trying to take on some side hustles on the side. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's completely understandable. Why mm-hmm. not, right? Especially, Especially since you since can I do it. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is the business though of what? What is the business of running a public relations firm or public re- relations business? I'm still trying to figure that out myself, to be honest. Since I am, like I said, I'm trying to take on some side hustles. Mm-hmm. I've always worked for a company and and been salaried. So this is this this whole entire you know freelance world it, it's completely new to me yeah. in, in terms of like setting rates and like taking on clients and and also trying to figure out like what the scope of work would be and all that kind of stuff so i i mean it, it's definitely like a, a learning curve for me right now <laughs> yeah interesting because i just figured well if i was going to start something like i needed clients so that i was going mm-hmm. going to give all this press and notoriety right so i guess the money comes from the clients but the money also yeah the money comes from the clients you're yeah. promising them 
that their business will do well or like sales? What is it like typically in your meetings? It's all about, well, here's another problem with being a publicist. Like how do you measure your work? Yeah, that's true. But for a lot of people (laughs) in the creative industry, we're not, we don't measure necessarily based on sales. Yeah. It's, it's it's based on like, um, like brand recognition and and, impressions and and impressions and, and, awareness and all that kind of stuff and and that can be a little bit harder to measure and or not even necessarily harder to measure but it's harder to to put a dollar sign behind it um but you know that's kind of what you're selling to your client you're like i'm gonna make you a quote unquote celebrity right Um, Mm -hmm. but the clients also need to understand that 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 is not something that happens overnight you know there's a lot of different steps that you take to get to that point in terms of like building your brand and like building that brand image and and then going out to whoever your audience is to deliver that image to them. Mm. So you're coming with kind of a picture of in this time frame, here's a goal and then by here at this point want to be at this goal. Exactly. And then they have to be willing to step into that. Exactly. I, cool. I noticed that I was like nodding my head like yes, but mm-hmm. then I was like, this isn't recorded, so I need to say yes. Sometimes I have to realize that too, and we've done this second season. Uh-huh. Like I should know that. But um in terms of I guess working in the press office, do you think it's easier now or was it easier before to get the goal across? Because I think before it was more billboard based or you had to do a speech, you know, there was no social media. And now you can utilize influencers. You can utilize being on people's podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, throwing in ads there. Um, what was easier back then or now? Well, I think it depends. I mean, I. In a way, I feel like it was easier back then because it was a little bit more straightforward. Mm. All you had was that traditional route. Whereas now, it's like there's so many different avenues that you can take to to tell your story. And it can it can be challenging sometimes to figure out what that might what avenue might be best for you and your brand or product or whatever it is that you're trying to promote. Yeah, it's super interesting. I agree that it probably was easier back then, too, because even now, I think it's harder to get people's attention. I think that we've seen yeah. everything. A I, lot was, of also products gonna, I are... was also going to say that, too. <laughs> you know, our attention spans are a lot shorter. Right. Um, we also consume news very differently and in many different ways. Mm-hmm. So it's it kind of just like I said, it's just you just hard to measure of, success yeah, in that way. You just yeah. need to like pinpoint what is the best medium that's the word I was yeah. looking for medium <laughs> are there legends in the space like people that you look up to is it more an agency or are there individuals where they're always doing it right the people that you're Kelly Catrone <laughs> why did that come to me I was thinking of PR Maven publicist. oh she's great yeah that. Wow. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I am obsessed with her um, she's always top of mind for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's people in the, in the industry that I that I look up to that might not necessarily be like a celebrity within with like Yvette, but um, and and like some people that I kind of look at as mentors and whatnot. But, yeah. But yeah. What is the trajectory for someone who wants to work in PR? Do you come in and you start off as um, a press? What is the formal label for? Um, publicist is it a publicist so you start off as an intern okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um and then you're an assistant or a coordinator and then you're a manager 
Um, and then you're a director and then you're VP. Oh, nice. And how often are you getting promoted? Or is it certain that it's going to happen? You get promoted a lot faster when you're in an agency, to be honest. It's a lot easier to move up. Whereas at a brand, it can take a little bit longer just because there's someone in front of you. I see. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to be VP? In general or at H&M specifically? In general. Um, you know, I. <laughs> it's interesting because... Uh, Yes, I do want to move up and and make more money and 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 you know and and be a leader in that sort of sense. But I noticed too that as you move up, you kind of stop doing the legwork of being a publicist. Mm. You know, like when you're director VP, you're not the one that's talking to these editors and influencers and agents all day mm. and planning all these events and doing all that tactical stuff. You're just like leading your team <laughs> and telling mm -hmm. them what to do and delegating. And, and I feel like, which, which is great, but you know, I feel like in a way you kind of like stop being a publicist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I like, you I paid your dues. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm always like telling my boss, what like all the cool new things are because I'm still, <laughs> cause I'm still in that. Cause I'm still part of that because it's part of my day to day. Whereas when you move up, you, you know, you kind of, you're, you're, you're removed from that. So, mm -hmm. So with that being said, I do want to be a VP, but I also still want to always continue doing the day-to-day -day work of being a publicist as well. So that kind of also leads me to eventually, hopefully, God willing, just doing things on my own. Earlier you mentioned, or you were talking about how important relationships are in this industry. And being in the space, we know a lot of people in PR, um, and we know people who know people in PR. And it feels like someone's always trying to get a PR contact for this brand or that <laughs> brand or trying to work with this person. Um, on the other end, what's most important for the individuals that are trying to build a relationship with you or with a PR agency? Because I think just last week I was having a conversation with someone and she said, she works for a PR agency. She said, I'm so sick of people emailing me and just saying, I want to work with you. She said, I, I cover five, six, eight different brands. I need you to be more specific. What do you want to do? Are you a photographer? Are you an influencer? What are you trying to do? Right. And that would be helpful for me. Right. Um, honestly, the, the best way to build a relationship with me is, you know, is to like, let's grab coffee or to, you know, get grab a drink or, or something like that. I am, mm -hmm. I, I feel like I work best outside of the office you know I, I i would like to say i'm, I'm personable <laughs> <laughs> you are very personable yeah. <laughs> so like and i get a lot of those emails too especially being at a brand like h&m it's like i feel like everyone has my email and everyone wants to work with mm -hmm. me and 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 i'm just like who are you <laughs> um so i remember like in person face-to-face -face interactions the best mm -hmm. um not necessarily you like emailing me every day or once a week or something like that like i'm i I'm, I, I get so many emails i'm not gonna remember that yeah mm. um but if 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 we meet outside of outside of work or whatever and I'm not even saying we necessarily need to like formally like go grab a drink or something. Like even if it's just like in an event or something, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah, really that's cool. the best. For, that's my take on it. Mm -hmm. 
I think back then, you know, a lot of brands had authority with the kind of PR that they were putting out. But now people have tools that they can use to sort of like fight whatever it is that brand idea is supposed to be. So when it comes to things like cancel culture, how does mm. someone like you deal with that? Say that you're working for a brand and you're supposed to represent this brand, yet on social they're being canceled and there's nothing that they can say to revert that judgment it's essentially your job to fix it. <laughs> How do you go about having those conversations or do you decide to stick with the brand? I, as a publicist, I, it is my job to fix it. So I think I would first try to fix it. Mm. Um, and I mean, if it's getting to a point where I feel as if like the stakeholders within the company are just not getting it, yeah. then, you know, then at that point, then maybe, you know, it's time for us to like cut ties. So what mm. kind of strategies are you putting in place to make sure that um, the judgment of the brand is being recovered? I think it's all about authenticity. You know, I think it's really, really important that, you know, these brands aren't just being performative. Um, you know, when shit hits the fan, it's really, really, really easy to just like put out a statement and be like, we're sorry. Um, mm. But like, I think it's important to be like, okay, we're gonna apologize or whatever but like what are you doing what actions are you taking to 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 make sure this doesn't happen again mm. you know so i think that second part part like the action part is 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 even more important than that statement that you might be putting out on instagram or, or whatever because it's really easy to to make a statement it's it's act it's, it's more about like are you backing up that statement mm. Is there ever... And also, I would like to also say, action, like tangible, like like. I don't want to say I, I don't want people to think that you know also making a donation or something is <laughs> is, is, is action. <laughs> it's always it's easy to put out a statement. It's also easy to cut a check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to see actual action. <laughs> so yeah, Does that I agree sense? with that. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> but I don't see that that happens a lot. Yeah. Is there ever a time where you would pull out because your morals don't align with the brands? I have, uh, knock on wood, I've not been in one of those situations yet. Um, but I will say, you know, and like I said, I've always worked for European brands. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the biggest issues sometimes when it comes to, to like, shit hitting the fan like race for instance like mm -hmm. we all know h&m has, has made mistakes when it comes to race in the past is you know it's like that cultural difference again that i mentioned before it's like sometimes these europeans uh, when they see there's a problem they don't realize that it is their problem as well and they think it's just like an american problem therefore they don't need to do anything about it yeah <laughs> when a lot of times uh, these problems start in europe <laughs> yeah so not in America because we're the satellite offices. But <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that there are any, well, I would say or think that generally just with creative jobs, whether you're a photographer, you work in PR, you're an influencer, a lot of people think that because you work in fashion or do something creative, it's really easy. And I think for people who work in PR, it kind of looks that way a lot of the time because all it looks like you're doing is going to events, putting together events, mm -hmm. meeting great people, sitting next to who, who, whom. Um, what are I'm some misconceptions? I'm putting people <laughs> like you next to others. <laughs> I'm not, well, what I are some am, misconceptions am, about your job? I am working, in, I'm in the backstage crying. <laughs> not crying. Do you see some people say that to you at all or no? Uh, 
that think I have the coolest job ever. Yeah. Yes, and mm -hmm. then I and then I give them some reality. Right. What are some <laughs> of those realities? I'm just they're like they'll be like, oh, you go to all these parties and da da da, and I'm just like, you do realize I'm working. <laughs> yeah. Parties, right. And you know, all of you, I am making sure you guys are having a good time. I'm not having a good time. Oh no! <laughs> oh. Wait, can you say that? <laughs> take it back. Take it back. I can say that. Yeah. yeah okay. Great. I can say that. You know. And even when the party shuts down at midnight, I am still working yeah, until 3 a.m. Because mm -hmm, yeah. one, I'm trying to kick all y'all out. <laughs> and two, I need to write, now write a press release and send it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, I I feel like that is one of the biggest misconceptions of being a publicist is like you people just think you're at events all the time, mm -hmm. which is true. But I'm working them, you know, like... <laughs> well, even at the office, what is the ambiance kind of like? Is it like calm and relaxed and everyone's doing their thing? Or is it a day full of just piles of calendar work? Um, H&M is a machine. Mm -hmm. So it is crazy every day, even now that I'm working from home. <laughs> I see. Interesting. Okay, cool. Wow. So you guys are not back in the office. No, we're not back in the I office. I see. Will are you go good? back soon? Um, There's rumblings that we'll go back in the fall, but it'll be like a hybrid model. Gotcha. Well, yeah. Is that true that your work and event it ends at 12 you're there until three and then you have to write something after that like is that how yeah you'll have to prepare like an event release and then and you and you send it out to press that night oh. what yeah. is the essential that's the press release you're informing other press people about what about took like, place right yeah about the event who was at the event images of the event uh, wow all that kind of stuff curious how's it getting people to write about something that they weren't at or why does that matter, I guess, in the public relations scheme of things? I'm sorry. Because what? you want people to consume the event, right? Right. So yeah. You're like, I guess, reaching it's out to all, these writers and journalists to do a story. Like, it's all about like brand building because the event is supposed to be a form of you experiencing the brand. Mm, I see. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I've always wondered. I'm like, if I'm reading about this event I wasn't a part of and I want to be part of it and I'm seeing it all the time, then I kind of resent it a bit, I feel. I'm yeah. not sure that. Like, I'd be like shopping anything or sort of, you know, gauge any um, synergies with other brands or so anything when you, with that. So when you see an event on, on like, and like the party section of, of Vogue or whatever, you're, you're not interested in... You're, you're mad that you didn't receive an invite? Is that what you're telling no, me? No, like Outlook, you know uh -huh. what I mean? But if I see it too much, like sometimes, yes, but also because I'm in the industry. So it's just sort of like, well, all these people I know are there mm -hmm. or whatever. Like, why am I not there? So that's the perspective from, I guess, being on the inside versus. Oh, so you're mad that you didn't receive an invite. Well, not mad, but it's a little, it can be a little confusing sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even, but if, and if I'm feeling <laughs> that way, right? I don't know, but <laughs> like if I'm feeling that way and I'm so in sensitive, <laughs> <laughs> because in some do people, you get those like, emails where people are like, I'm yes, mad I was all the time. Yes, but they've. I've, one thing I will say is I've never sent out an email like that because I get it, but I think it's normal mm -hmm. to feel that as a creator who works hard and yeah. definitely like thinks that they're part of the space. So it's interesting when you're not included in that mm -hmm. way. But I rarely feel that, but sometimes it happens. But I'm saying if I feel that being in the industry as someone who is not a part of it, who typically you're trying to reach, how does that help uh, brand image? I guess that was my original question or what I was leading into. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's, you're still giving people a way to experience the brand, even if they're mm -hmm. just like reading about it on the internet. Yeah, And it kind of like, and you know, 
it's like aspirational in a sense as well, you know, and, and, and people will be like, okay, well, you know, I saw this, so I do want to experience the brand. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Not and- not someone like you who has had all of these experiences. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'm not being sensitive. I'm just saying, you know. It's now better. <laughs> well, what do you think? And about- it also just gets like more eyeballs on, yeah. on the brand as well. Yeah. So there's value um, in eyeballs, which yeah. I feel like, you know, we're just learning even in the marketing space mm-hmm. where it's like a lot of the time brands want to put themselves out there to sell products, but they don't realize that there's value in just eyeballs. So it's nice to hear you yeah. bring that up too. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, and there's, and there's more to a brand than just the product. As well. Yeah. So that's, that's why I also say like experiencing the brand. Um, and, and there's ways that you can experience the brand other than just like buying the bag or like feeling clothes or whatever that is. What would be the other aspects? Would that be the ethos of the brand? Yeah. You know, um, I think that's also where like corporate social responsibility comes in a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of, you, you kind of learn what the priorities and the interests are of the brand outside of the product that they're selling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, events as well. Yeah. I see. Do that. you have to balance both of those in the, personally or just is there another agent that's focused on who the brand is while you may be at focused H&M on the specifically we have someone that focuses on csr i'm okay. strictly fashion okay. i mean there's crossover because you know everything is 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 interconnected mm-hmm. but my main responsibilities are like is is like fashion and celebrity cool a lot of the time these days obviously because of covid there's been a lot of virtual events has h&m been doing any of that or have you done any of that just on your own projects um, I haven't done any of that on, on the side. In terms of H&M, we have done virtual previews. Um, we did a virtual event in Animal Crossing last week, actually, the, 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 the video game mm-hmm. um, with Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones. Um, but... Otherwise, we haven't really been dabbling too much into it. You know, I th- I think there's a lot of, uh, I I think it can, I think it can and, and correct me if I'm wrong because I'm sure you get invited to all these virtual mm-hmm. events. I think it can be hard to like to like really execute a virtual event really mm-hmm. well. I agree. In a sense that like it's memorable. And I also think there's a lot of fatigue in the industry <laughs> uh, from virtual events. <laughs> you know what I mean? 100%. So it's like, to me, I'm just like, is it worth the investment? You know? Yeah. We're actually even having this conversation today at work. You know, we're still busy and, you know, our, our, our numbers are still good, but yet we haven't really been doing any events. Yeah. Which, because I think That's the purpose of yeah. events too is in-person interaction outside of just looking at the product people are there to network or feel a certain kind of energy um kind of like what you were saying with why you do the event and put up the photos to get a feel of what the brand is like um interesting i was going to ask you how you feel about the virtual events comparing it to actual events Mm -hmm. and you know i don't go to them unless (laughs) it's it's true i also get invited to these things i don't go unless i know it's like a friend that's hosting it or something like that like Mm -hmm. otherwise i can't be bothered yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. So if I was a brand and I wanted to hire you to do my PR and I wanted your assessment on virtual events as a marketing strategy, what would be your answer? Um, <laughs> I would, I, I don't want to say- Your honest answer. I don't want to say no. I think it just kind of depends on like, I, on like all the factors that kind of go into it and, and, you know, and maybe what that event idea might be. Um, 
but I am more for like an in-person thing. So I'm ready for it to be legal to go outside again. So. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Once COVID is over. Yeah. Is there? And uh, I and I think and and I think a lot of people are like hungry for that as well. Yeah, of course. You know, even outside of like fashion, I've I've started seeing all these like music festivals announcing their lineups and stuff, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, how are you guys planning to do that? But yeah, if you're all vaccinated, I'm sure. I feel like in the beginning there was this, the virtual events felt creative. It was like, oh, they're still trying to get us together. And then after you, for me, after I did two of them, I was like, I'm fatigue. done. Yeah, <laughs> the fatigue is real. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm just like, okay, log into Zoom or whatever it mm -hmm. might be. And, and yeah. And, and in my house. Mm -hmm. It's like it would be different if you were, you know, my grandma or my best friend, but trying to recreate what we have when we're all, you know, in a room together catching up hugging each other talking to each other face to face yeah. it's just not gonna happen yeah I, yeah i mean nothing compares to that yeah so, i mean is it possible to get a job in pr now without having studied in college sorry is it possible to get a job in pr now without having oh yeah studied in college oh yeah i know plenty of publicists that did not study pr in in, in, mm. in college what kinds of things did they study do you see a common theme Within fashion specifically, I see English a lot. Mm -hmm. I see art history, and and uh, some sort of like design. Um, yeah, I yeah. Well, but yeah. I I mean NYU specifically didn't have like a, a PR major. It was communications, and that just encompassed communications as a whole. So like, not even just PR, but like marketing and advertising and all that kind of stuff. So, do you believe in mentorship? I do believe in mentorship. Is there any ways that you're doing that? Right now? Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't say necessarily have like a, a mentee, um, but you know, I people reach out to me on LinkedIn all the time wanting to like speak with me and, mm. and pick my brain about stuff. And I'm always happy to do that. You know, awesome. like last night and an an, an, a current NYU student mm -hmm. reached out to me and she's like, I'd love to interview you for... <laughs> my final paper and I was like of course <laughs> so we were on the phone last night for like nearly an hour and she loved it and and stuff like that I I I but with that being said I very much believe in mentorship and like passing the baton because that's the only way you move up and 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 whatnot you know and I don't want to do this forever so I was just gonna that was going to be my next question but also I was going to ask and to I see. also and, and I also was gonna say that I only got to where I am now because of other people I see mm -hmm. so getting relationships networking and yeah. all yeah. that but do you see a lot of people of color as well in your space not enough especially male yeah yeah you're right yeah, actually well, yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah not enough um but there isn't enough people of color in any industry so mm. There, uh, yeah, there isn't enough. So. Interesting. It's such a deep conversation. Yeah, but I, I feel like that would be another hour <laughs> to like add on to episode. this. 100%. <laughs> I feel like we are talking a lot about, I mean, and the world in general, representation and the importance of having representat representation on your team. Do you, I'm the only black publicist on my team. Really? Yeah. And do you see, outside of all of your qualifications, how also being a publicist of color aids the team at H&M? Great question. I think, you know, I am definitely more privy to certain cultural things than, like, my white counterparts, mm -hmm. especially in, like, Sweden. Um, so it, it it is an aid. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I am, uh, when it comes to inclusion and diversity, I'm a big advocate for, you know, not just putting... Uh, being being inclusive and diverse within like campaigns and projects but also like the people behind the scenes mm -hmm. 
So, and I also just want to say for the record too that like I think sometimes when people talk about inclusion diversity, they think it's like strictly about like color of your skin. Right. Mm -hmm. And to me, diverse me diversity means anyone that is different than you and I. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not even just about color of my skin, but it's also like you know. Um, your body size and even like your financial status and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. all, and, and like disabilities and you know all of those things are are, are considered or are put with put into that diversity umbrella it's not just about like black or white yeah so. in your entire pr experience is there something that you wish that clients would have asked of you that none of them did um which now you have to really think but yeah <laughs> i just want to throw it out there <laughs> That someone acts that me of me that they, I can't really think of anything right now to be honest. Yeah. So, yeah. Did everything you were supposed to do? I always do everything that I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Also, next thing Anymore. too was, is there any questions that are annoying? Like you say that you meet people for coffee or you'll do an interview. Are there any very generic PR questions that people ask that kind of get on your nerves? Um, honestly, no, because I always try to go into meetings like that, especially when it's like someone that's younger than me that's really trying to learn i just i'm just always like you just don't know you mm -hmm. know i just try to maintain that perspective like you don't know but now you do know so yeah just uh, you know just always just trying to educate the youngins and, yeah and others so what else are you working on or what else do you want to tackle outside of the pr field um i am really working on my self-care you know especially because you know i had a, a pretty major surgery a couple mm -hmm. months ago um and so i'm honestly just really focused on like taking care of myself nice um it's huge you know um i think the pandemic has taught me that i think also my surgery taught me that um so and, and, and i know that's something that i've always been preaching but mm -hmm. i don't think i always always necessarily listening to that to living that for myself. Right. So I'm really trying to live that mm. now. Nice. Um, I'm also trying to like, you know, take on some more side hustles. Like I said before, you know, I've, I've realized that I, I don't necessarily want to always be working for a big corporation for the rest of my life. And I, and I also don't even think I always want to be working in fashion either, you know? So I do want to like broaden my PR approach a little bit. So. What kind of other things come to mind? Um, I do want to dabble a little bit more in like entertainment and, and, and like the celebrity space a little bit. Um, I feel like I've always been adjacent to that because, mm -hmm. you know, fashion. Um, but I would like to dive a little bit more deeper into that. I, I've also been really fascinated about doing like PR for like luxury cannabis or something. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh. I'm sure that's so fun though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like it'd be super fun and you would do like this huge PR campaign to like free all the inmates <laughs> that yeah. are that that you know that are locked up for these stupid little drug charges and all that kind of stuff so activism yeah <laughs> modern activism Activist. modern yeah. activism how was your first podcast <laughs> oh are we done we are yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs>